Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. The title of this morning's message is uh, Peculiar People. Peculiar People. Now, don't get offended already. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that you're weird or anything. Just, just special. Amen. <laughs> Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to read some scripture this morning. And keep your finger. I'm going to have us turn to a few scriptures, but keep your finger or bookmark or something there in 1 Peter chapter 2. But we're going to read the first 11 verses here. First Peter chapter 2. Not going to want to miss this evening's service. Brother Murphy's preaching. Amen. So not going to want to miss that. This evening at 6 o'clock. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1. Wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. How do we grow? In the Word. Amen. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Can I get an amen right there? (laughs) To whom coming is unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. We talked about uh, how Peter used this word precious uh, multiple times in his letters. In his books, Jesus Christ is precious. He's precious to us. He's precious to God. Verse 5, He also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices. That's us. Now, I know it started in in chapter 1. He's talking about uh, uh, strangers scattered. But I would say that those that are in Christ Jesus are a a spiritual house, the body of Christ, fellow citizens, saints, part of the household of God. We are His people, those that believe. And He says that uh, we are built up a spiritual house and we're a holy priesthood. To offer up spiritual sacrifice. I don't know if you came to church this morning considering yourself a priest. But I think that the the point of this message, uh, hopefully, will be that we uh, do begin to consider that. And um, see our function. In the body of Christ. And let's not take it too flippantly. He says, uh, spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Verse 6. 
Wherefore also it is continued in the scripture. Contained in the scripture. Behold I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone elect. Here it is again. Precious. Talking about Christ. And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe. Unto you therefore which believe. He is what? Precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto they also were appointed. But, verse 9, ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy Nation, a here it is, peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtain mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul. We know that God, in studying and reading the Old Testament, that He uh, chose Israel, His people. Would you agree with that? God chose them. Those are His people, but... Uh, We know now, too, that God has chosen those in Christ. He has chosen those uh, that are in the body of Christ, the church. Uh, Israel, in the Old Testament, they had a priesthood, did they not? I believe that He wanted them, the whole nation, actually, to be... The priesthood, he says in Exodus, that, the, uh, that ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. But we know that uh, throughout circumstances and time that he had one tribe, the Levites, right? That became a priesthood. They, they fulfilled that function uh, for God's people. Um, today, the believers, those that are in Christ's, Christ, we are a priest. In the body of Christ, we are a holy priesthood. We're a holy priesthood. A, a, a royal. He says that too, doesn't he, in here? A royal priesthood. A holy priesthood meaning we have been separated for God's service. We've been set apart to serve the Lord God. A royal priesthood means that we've been... Uh, uh, born into his family. Yeah, we serve God uh, as as priests, but uh, we serve him uh, in the family as well. I would say that that's pretty good news. Wow. That alone makes us a peculiar people. That makes us a peculiar people. Now, when you read these things that we are a chosen generation, a, a, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, all these sort of things... You'd say, wow, how would we get to be uh, with such that an awesome position as this? 
Well, if you look at verse 1 of chapter 2, it says, wherefore, and, and, it, and we may ask, what is that wherefore, therefore? Uh, so there, it's, it must be there because it tells us something in chapter 1 that we got to know, that, right? That ties this together. And so let's read that. How, are we be, how do we become uh, children of God in his family, a royal priesthood, a holy, a holy uh, uh, nation? He says in verse 18 of chapter 1, 1 Peter 1, verse 18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers. In other words, we can't be saved. You can't buy your way to salvation. You can't buy your way to heaven. You can't buy your way to God. Corruptible things won't get you there. It just won't. just won't get you there. It comes up short. But, verse 19, But, with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Uh, that's why he's so precious to us. <laughs> to them that believe, you say, why in the world is he so precious to them that believe? Uh, because it's by his own blood that we've been redeemed, that we've been saved, that we've been born again. And by the way, that blood still works. You know, about, uh, uh, about uh, an hour ago, nope, about a uh, half an hour ago, that was just, uh, there was two folks at Wellspring prayed and received, two adults, husband and wife, prayed and received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's, it's, it's precious. The blood of Jesus Christ still works to pay for sin and to save us and to put us into the family of God. Look at verse 22, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and the unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Being born again. I like that term. Born again. I like it because it's a biblical term. And I think that uh, it was Christ that said you must be born again. You must be born again. He says, uh, being born again, not of corruptible seed. So we're not, we're not born again by corruptible things. We're not born again by corruptible. You can't be, just because your family was Christian, that doesn't make you Christian. Just because your family was born again doesn't make you born again, right? Uh, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. This is good seed. Incorruptible. He says, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of the grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof fadeth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. He says, listen, your souls can be purified. Uh, you can be born again. How? Obeying the truth of the gospel. The gospel is preached by the word of God. And when obeyed and believed, <laughs> it brings new life. It brings new life. It's not a fixing up of the old. Not at all. It's a, it's a new life in Christ Jesus. And this begins a spiritual house. A peculiar people. A born into God's family. Listen. As priests. As children. We each and every one. Have access to God. We have direct access to God, to find grace, to help, 
in time of need. I uh, heard a preacher say this. Um, who could call out to the king in the middle of the night for a glass of water? Only his child. Only his child. And when we need help, we come to him as his children. And he hears our cry and he hears our prayers. Um, I, I'm, I would say this as we get into this message. I'm not trying to make, and I don't think we're in any danger of that, but I'm not trying to make our relationship and our church stiff and ritualistic and all uptight. Um, but at the same time, but at the same time, I want us to consider our position in Christ. I want us to take this pretty seriously our function in the body of Christ and take it with a, a little bit of reverence that, hey, uh, uh, I'm a priest. I'm a child of God. I'm a peculiar person called to be an ambassador of Christ. I want to take this uh, seriously as I consider my position in Christ. I consider my standing in Christ and my function in the body of Christ. As we exercise our office or our function, and I would even say this, our duty in the body of Christ, um, there are some spiritual sacrifices that each and every one of us can offer up to God that's acceptable to Him. He talked about those spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God. Um, The first one I want to bring to you this morning is a living sacrifice. Romans 12, 1. You know it. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. And then he says this, holy. Then he says this, acceptable to God. Then he says this, which is your reasonable service. He says, listen, um, as a priest, that's what we're called to do. As a child of God, as part of the family, being royal, you're royalty. But with that comes a little bit of responsibility. Again, I'm not trying to make this all about, you know, too legalistic or nothing like that. I'm just saying, hey, we have a high, high position here in Christ Jesus. Each and every one of us. Let's take this a little bit seriously on how we are living our lives and choosing to serve God and live for Him. A living sacrifice, he says. That would be uh, one where we say, hey, I'm going to give myself to Him and live for Him. Um, Even more than that, though. Even more than just saying I'm going to live for Him because, you know, we could say I'm going to do this for Him and I'm going to do that for Him and I'm going to, you know. It's more than that, isn't it? It's, it's letting Him live through us. It's letting Him live through us. He gave His life for us. And we can give our lives for Him. That's holy. That's really holy. You say, I don't feel holy. Um, by doing that, that's a holy thing. Giving your life to Him. And He will accept it. It's acceptable to God. Um, again, hold your finger there. But look in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Point up. As we, we talk about a living sacrifice, uh, Christ is our greatest example, of course. 
Um, But Paul following Christ's example then becomes an example to us. Following Paul's example. Look at uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Then he says this. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation. Fear and trembling. What does that mean? Look at verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. How is it that we allow what's, what's, what God put in there to come out? Allow God to work in us. And God to work through us. You know when I say this right now. Um, you're called a holy priesthood. A, a royal priesthood. Um, all of us have this thought of. Man I can't do that. You know that sounds like. That sounds that sounds me, right? I, I, don't, I don't feel uh, worthy. Well, that's true. But it's Christ that works in us and through us. It's not in it of ourselves that we do it anyhow. It's God working in us and through us to bring it about. Continue on. He says, Do all these things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless. Then he says this, The sons of God, Without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. Do you know what makes us peculiar as sons of God? Is we're trying to be a light in a crooked world. It's not that we all... It's easy to change the outside. And you just change your clothes, change your style, change your whatever. That's easy. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about changing the inside. Change the inside. That's that's what's amazing. You want to know what's peculiar is a group of people uh, that uh, are, are not just out to serve self, but to serve others. That's peculiar. A group of people that are, are, are not afraid of death. They have the hope of eternal life. That's peculiar. A group of people that don't find all their pleasure and peace and fulfillment in the things of the world. That is peculiar. That's just, you know what I'm saying? That does, that's a light. He says that in Matthew, you're the light of the world. But before he says you're the light of the world, he goes through the, the Beatitudes, Right? All those sort of things. How are we alike? Uh, because we're peacemakers. Because we are. Uh, because we are merciful, right? Because we're a poor in spirit. Because of the humility and things that we have in our lives. That's what makes folks see God in us. He goes on to say, verse seventeen of Philippians two. Yea, and if I have offered. Upon the sacrifice, if I be offered upon that sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause do ye, also do ye joy and rejoice with me. He says, listen, if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service, he says, Paul says, hey, I was willing to offer up my life 
as service to the church, to the people of God. I was willing to offer up my life a living sacrifice. And he says, and you know what? It was a joy. When he gets down to the end of his life, Paul says this. And Timothy says, um, I am now ready to be offered. He had lived a life as a offering, a sacrifice to God, a living sacrifice to God. And when he got to the end of his life, he says, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be offered. I live for the Lord. Now I'm going to die for the Lord. And I'm going to see the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He says, my time of departure is at hand. I, I just like the way he says that. That's just a, makes it... It makes it feel uh, uh, like it's not. It's like you're waiting on a plane, right? And and the plane's here. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be offered. My time of departure is at hand. I'm going to see the Lord. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith, right? He said, I lived for the Lord. Now I'm going to die for the Lord. And I'm going to see the Lord. It's peculiar people. It's not just that we give our lives to the Lord, but in, there's another part of this, is this living sacrifice. Part of being a living sacrifice is Romans 1, 12, 2, where he says, And be not, what? Conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. That's acceptable to God. As a peculiar people as a priest we're called to be clean we're called to be set apart not worldly as God's people you're in go back to first Peter chapter 2 I want to point this out first Peter chapter 2 he says in verse 1 wherefore laying aside there's some things that we have to put aside if we're going to be God's people we're going to be the the priest to fulfill our office and function. He said, lay aside. Look at verse 11. Look at verse 11. 1 Peter 2. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain. abstain. You know, as, as, as strangers, pilgrims, um, in this world, there's some things that this world has to offer that we're to abstain from. Why? Because we're peculiar. We're set apart for the Lord. You, uh, Right? Is that, is that, it's not, it's not like the world's terrible and bad because they're doing it. They're worldly. But God's people, we're supposed to abstain. You understand what I'm getting at? He said abstain from the uh, fleshly lust, which what? War against the soul. That sounds pretty serious, doesn't it? He says, hey, listen, if you don't abstain from this, if you don't stay clear of this, this is going to, this wars against your soul. This is working against what God wants for you. This is working against your calling and purpose in life. What you're supposed to fulfill as a priest. As a peculiar person. As God's person. Listen, when we're strangers and pilgrims, we, you know what we recognize? That we are fellow citizens of a different home. That we are, are just pilgrims here. We're just strangers here. Uh, we're just passing through. And there's some of the things here in this culture and this society that we're just not to be part of. A preacher said this, if, you're, if you are in another country, you're either a, a tourist 
which means you're there just for sightseeing, right? Just see what you can see what you can see and get what you can get. You're just kind of indulging and looking around, right? You're just tourist or you're an, an immigrant, which means you're assimilating into the culture, you're fitting in, you're conforming, right? You're planning on staying a while, right? Or you're an ambassador. Which means, yeah, you may learn the language, you may learn the culture, but you're learning it for a reason. So that you can influence them from your country. So that you can tell them about your home, right? And there would be some things that you would abstain from. That you would be saying, no, I'm going to lay that aside. I'm not going to affect that. Why? Because it would war against my soul. Take your Bibles and turn to Titus. Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. He says, listen, uh, be not conformed to this world as God's people, peculiar people, as priests. uh, There's some things that we're not to indulge in. He says in Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us. That denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. Hold on. Um, He says that the grace of God teaches us some things, doesn't it? Um, That doesn't mean that because we have grace that we can do whatever we want, does it? What does grace do? It teaches us some things. What's it teach us? Denying ungodliness. And worldly lust that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world today, right now, here and now. You say, what's the grace of God teach us? It teaches us that we can do that. You say, how can we live uh, soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world? By the grace of God. By His grace working through us, in us. Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing, verse 13, of the great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a what? Peculiar people. He says it again in Titus. Peculiar people. Then he says this. Zealous of good works. Are we saved by good works? No, of course not. We're not saved by good works. But uh, because we're saved, we want to do good works. Matter of fact, we're zealous to do good works. Matter of fact, we're looking for opportunities. Like, do I have to do this? No. But it's a good work. And we're, we're, we're excited about it. We're going to do it. Why? Because we have to? No, because we want to. Why? Because we're zealous. We're a group of people. You want to know, you want to know it's peculiar? You find a group of people, a little cluster of people that are zealous about good works. And they're doing it just because they, they're a child of God. They're doing it just because they're a royal priesthood. They're doing it because they got in on the best thing that ever happened to them. They got saved and born again. And they are doing good works not because they have to, because they want to. That's peculiar. Zealous of good works. Looking for it. This is a living sacrifice. And can I say this? It is acceptable to God. And it's our reasonable service. 
The next spiritual sacrifice that we can bring is right here in that passage of 1 Peter chapter 2. He says it in verse 9. We present ourselves, 1, 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should what? That you should. We should. This is something, you say, I don't know what I should do. Here's what you should do. <laughs> should show forth the praises of Him who hath called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. You know what we should do? We should praise Him. You know what we should do? We should praise Him. Now, if you study the Old Testament, the priests uh, in the Old Testament, the Levites, they had uh, multiple functions and things that they would do, offer sacrifices for sin, right? Make intercession, all those sort of things. But I would say this, that their primary function was to worship God. All of this was to worship God. So that they could come and worship. You know what I would say that our primary function is? Worship God. This is our, this is our you know, main purpose. Is to bring glory to God. This is something that we can do. This is something that we should do. Now I know that each and every one of us have different gifts. Different Things that God has given us. And we'll be accountable and responsible for using our God-given gift. For what He's given us to use it for. The gifts may differ, but all are equal in Christ. All are equal in Christ. You know what we all have experienced? We've experienced the same birth. We have the same Father. We have the same High Priest. Uh, we enjoy the same nourishment. This sincere milk of the Word, right? Uh, we enjoy those sort of things. We're equal in Christ. There's neither bond nor free. Male or female. Jew or Gentile. No, no. In Christ, we are equal. And we are all, we are all called to worship. I thank the Lord for, for Dan and his, his leading the music. And especially even that he sang this morning. But I would say this. Um, when we come in here, we're coming as a priest. With a purpose to worship God. Not to hear Dan sing to us. But to sing to God each and every one. We are the worship team. Everyone put into the body of Christ are come with a purpose and a function to bring glory to God. Not just in the singing, that's one way. In all of our, all, everything we do, I think how we talk to each other. I think how we interact with each other. I think how we pray and how we receive the word can be worship. How we think of the word. Amen? All these sort of things as we do it. T turn to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13, he says in verse 15. By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice of praise. To God, how often? 
continually. That's like that fire that doesn't go out. It's continually burning, right? Rising up to the Lord. He's saying, no, this is a sacrifice that needs need to keep that, that fire lit. Keep it stoked. Keep it going. Right? That sacrifice doesn't... We don't want it to go out. Man, when the praise goes out... When we quit giving thanks to God... Some, some light's going to go real dim. The light's going to go dim when we stop that... When we stop bring, praising the Lord. When we start praising Him, glorifying Him and giving thanks to Him. He says, uh, By Him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit... Of our lips giving thanks to his name. How do we sacrifice the sacrifice of praise? With our lips, <laughs> with our tongue, in praise, in praise, in prayer. You know, we got a lot to be thankful for. I mean, my goodness, we say, you know, in our prayer time, what do we do? We should give thanks. What is that? That is a sacrifice of praise. As we proclaim and we tell other people. How, you know what's a peculiar people? Do you want to know what is peculiar? You know, you think this is, that, that, those people are a bright light. You find someone that is just thankful all the time, continually. They're continually thankful. Stuff's going on, but they're still thankful. Things aren't going their way, but they're still thankful. They're thankful, thankful, thankful. God's like, man, I love that. That's acceptable. That is a good, good sacrifice to me. Praise continually, giving thanks to His name. But, he says in verse 16, but to do good. This is that group of people that is zealous of good works. And to communicate. You know what that means? To give. Forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is what? Well pleased. He said, here's some things that you can do as a priest of fulfilling your function to be able to bring glory to me is giving thanks, is is this giving, is this doing good and helping others. Many times... Our ministering or our ministry, the way that we minister to the Lord, is by ministering to others. Doing good. Do you know God doesn't need anything from us? He doesn't. He doesn't need anything from us. But you know what He wants? He wants us to praise Him. He wants us to thank Him. And he wants us to do good to those around us. Those, other, those especially, the Bible says, of the household of faith. Those that are in the body of Christ. Man, there's something about that when we do good for each other and we love each other and we help each other. Uh, man, he says, man, I am well pleased with that. He says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brother. That's a tough one, isn't it? To lay down our lives for the brother. He says, this is what we ought to do. Why? Because it's a sacrifice well-pleasing to the Lord. How did we get in on such a... Wonderful position. How did we get in on being uh, 
child of God, a, a royal priesthood, the holy priesthood, a saint, a chosen generation. How, how is it? By grace, by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, by salvation, by being born again into the family of God. But now that we are those things, and by the way, it's not who we think we are. It's not who uh, anybody else thinks we are. It's who the Lord says that we are. And if He says that we are a royal priest, a, a, a holy nation, then, then I believe that that's true. <laughs> and that we maybe want to think about that. And, and maybe begin to live like that. As Dan comes and leads us in a song of invitation, here's the invitation. If we begin to see ourselves and think of ourselves the way that God speaks about us as a priest, each and every one of us, each and every one of us as a priest, uh, how would that affect our prayer life? How would that affect our praise, our worship? When we come in uh, into the body of Christ that we say, I'm just as much a part of this as anybody else. And, and my responsibility and my duty is to raise up my voice and thanksgiving to God. That's what He's called me to do. I, my por- portion of this is to be a living sacrifice, not conformed to the world. Maybe here and now this morning, we need to take time t- for cleansing. Hey, we wouldn't be too proud to humble ourselves before God and say, Lord God, I need to get clean. I need to come clean. You've called me to be a priest and, and uh, I'm just not fulfilling those functions. I have been way too conformed to the world. I've been way too allowing these things to war against my soul. Instead of being an ambassador, I'm more of a tourist. How would it change the way we minister and serve? How would it change the way that we study God's Word? As a priest, each and every one of us. Let me ask you this. How are we functioning? Are we functioning in the body of Christ? Are we functioning in our each and every day life as we've been called to? As God's chosen people. A peculiar people. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.